Welcome to the Room for Error podcast, the podcast that was once reprimanded by the NCAA for buying a recruit a clone cone. I am Cole Sheets, and I'm with my brother from another mother, Dan Harmson. What's going on, big fella? I don't know if you can hear that on the podcast. I'm waving at He's Cole. Waving. From He's very enthusiastic. Yeah, it's like he uh, kind of looks like a uh, you know like Miss America close. That might do my parade wave. Yeah, pretty right close. There. Or like when Lee Corso puts on his headgear, like just like the little cup wave he does. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Right there. It's because he had a stroke, you asshole. No, that's not why. He's been doing that for forever. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, man. It been, been a, we're recording late because there's been a lot of stuff going on. Still yeah. a lot of stuff going on, but we it's are been a big a... week in sports and stuff. Actually, last weekend's college football weekend was a dog. It was yeah. It, it was, was less than ideal. There were two pretty cool games. I mean, the Florida Georgia game was right. actually pretty fun to watch. But Flor- the Florida Georgia, the shitty Music Bowl. <laughs> I saw one tweet that was really funny. It's like, "What's the Florida Georgia line?" Do you get it? Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> that took try a to keep try yep. to keep up, Dan. Um, but let's get into all that here in just one second. I will get into my cocktail of the month. Uh, excuse me. Why do I keep saying the month? That's. I think it's just like. It's ingrained. Yeah, it is ingrained. Cocktail of the week, ladies and gents. Um, I made one of my very favorites. It's a classic. It is timeless. Uh, you can hear Dan clinking his ice cubes around in my nice uh, yet cheap Amazon crystal uh, old-fashioned glass I have there, and that's exactly what we're having as an old-fashioned. Uh, you know, you take the bitters and put some sugar in there, and you muddle it up real good, and then you take the orange peel, and then you take the maraschino cherry, muddle that a little bit. Um, I just use the... Define muddle for me. So, like, they, they make, like, actual muddlers. Oh, is like, that an actual word? That's not something yeah. you made up? No, yeah, that's a that's an actual word. It's oh. And it's like, um, like you know, when Mexican restaurants, they make the guacamole at the table, and they have that big, like, uh, mortar and pestle. It's kind of like that except for cocktails. And so I just took the backside, like, the wooden um, handle of a uh, of a rubber spatula, and I just kind of crushed the... Crushed the sugar up with the bitters and then put the orange peel in there with the cherry and then kind of crush that up a little bit too or muddled if I may and uh, it kind of releases all the oil and then you dump a couple ice cubes in there and then the whiskey on top and there you have it and this is pretty delicious this is my number one cocktail of all time this is a first ballot hall of famer it is the Michael Jordan of the cocktails okay so I'll say this I've always been partial to Manhattans over old fashions what what is the difference if you could tell me because I really don't know um Manhattan is made with orange bitters um, if I'm not mistaken um, and I believe it leaves out the cherry I think there's cherries in Manhattan as well I can't remember you know what's funny you asked that because I just looked that up the other day but I've only I don't think I've ever honestly had a Manhattan but oh you're missing out mine no I can imagine if it's made with whiskey I'm gonna drink it and if, if, by this time I mean I'm sure you guys have noticed that we are that you're an alcoholic well that but we're whiskey dudes I mean I throw a little bit of girly shit in every now and then but man I love whiskey I just love whiskey mm, it sounds like a Toby Keith song <laughs> whiskey did you see that did you see that meme like folder I shared in Tech yeah, Will Griffin, the yeah. one that Toby Keith and he's like holding his hat and it's like when you're not as good as your once was. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh my god. So uh, yes, the cocktail is delicious, but let's uh, we can we can dive into a little bit of uh, college football here. We don't have any Iowa or Iowa State stuff to talk. No, about. No, but I would say this. Bye week, dude. It was well, no Iowa, no Iowa State, no no Ohio State, no Oklahoma, no LSU, no Alabama. Um, all of the national powers were off. I don't know if you remember me saying that. So. It was a kind of a, you know, I, I'm trying to think what the solid verbal called it. It was something like no watch Saturday or something like that. 
you know, but it was that's pretty well perfect. It it was it was pretty bad. But this week, a lot of intriguing games. Both in-state teams have big games, huge games, very big games that kind of you know make or break a season right here. Um, obviously, we have the game of the century, century, century. How much fun century. is that going to be? Yeah, that one's a big one. Um, uh, we have the undefeated Minnesota Golden Gophers playing host to the Penn State Nittany Pedophiles. <laughs> Nittany little boy touchers? Yikes. Yeah, not good. Um, I'm trying to think. There, I'm, I've, I'm sure I'm missing something here. Um, yeah, coming up, it's really on in Maryland and Ohio State. I mean, that's it's really just those two games, truthfully. Penn State, Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. You, there's really nothing else. Like Purdue and Northwestern play each other, and that's going to be a giant pillow fight. Illinois and Michigan State. Uh, also a giant 10. pillow fight. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be nothing too spectacular. I think there's a couple. Texas and K-State, I think that's that's an underrated game. Yeah, I agree, because I, I think I think Texas is minus seven in that one, and I don't have any faith in them even winning that game, let alone. Kerman called out the spread. coaching staff this after last week. Did you see that? I don't even get me started yeah. on Tom Herman. Yeah, Tom Herman will call out his coaching staff, but like can refuse to look in the mirror. I guarantee it. Like, well, he's a member of Mensa, didn't you know? He's real smart. Dude, he knows a, more. He's a, such a d bag. He's a pompous ass. He is such a d bag. And truthfully, Baylor at TCU that could be a sneaky fun game as right. well. I, I mean, there's there's really not a ton of like super super fun ones to kind of lock in on. Obviously, the game. Are you of the joking? Century. No, no, no. I mean, like. Like nationwide, I meant. Oh, I th- like, I think there's a lot of intriguing games. First of all, our two in-state games are fun. Well, and right. Even if you're not an Iowa, Iowa State fan, I think those are intriguing games to watch. You know, Iowa State has been an interesting matchup for Oklahoma since Campbell got here. Very similar defenses about to face off with each other. Yeah. Well, and Campbell has you know kind of figured out how to neutralize their offense as good as anybody Haycock has. I hope I hope they keep that rolling because I was looking at the rankings and I didn't I knew. Oklahoma's offense was good, and in terms of like average rushing yards per game and passing yards per game, their combined totals put together, they literally have the number one offense in the country. Yeah, I I knew it was good. I honestly, God, did not know it was that good. Oh yeah. And and our offense, you know, it's nothing to shake a stick at. We're number number, fi- number 15, fifteen or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And then their defense is we've number thirty, it. and we're thirty two. Like this is as weird as it sounds. A seven and one team going in against a five and three team. It's pretty even. Matchup, it's an I even think. matchup on paper. Yeah. You know, but then again, that's why it's, Iowa State's lost it's three paper. games by a total of ten points. Oh man, can you can you believe that? Like it's ten points away from being undefeated. Yeah, but, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? Hey man, that's uh, that's why we keep coming back. It's the what ifs, right? I'm, I mean, it's it's going to be fun, like you said. The Haycock has got got oh, it out. Eyes, wait, both teams come off a of bye week, right? You know, OU is going to be pissed off after being DePants versus K State. Oh, DePants, yes, is but an understatement. Iowa State, I think, has a lot to prove right now, and you do not want to slip to five and four at this point of the season with games against Texas, K State, and a resurgent Kansas Jayhawk team. Let's not get carried away. They got their ass kicked this weekend. Well, that was the Sunflower Bowl, so give them a break. No, I'm not giving them a break. But I no I'm, miles to go. I'm with you though. That's it's you don't want to move to five and four. But if there's going to be only one more determined team in the country this weekend than Iowa State is, and it's going to be Oklahoma. Well, yeah. So I, yeah, it's it's going to be a really fun watch. I really hope it's competitive. I hope that it it stays a close game. Well, I don't I don't I think regardless it's it's going to be a close game as competitive. I, we haven't seen, you know, teams under Campbell since they've been here do not typically get blown out. No, they don't do get not blo- lose by 
it's more than seven to ten, right? That if f- anything, right? That first year, though, we're just gonna call that a wash because that's that was the first year. Well, yeah, I mean that was that happens with anything, right? Um, you know, and if you're an Iowa basketball fan, you know you're in your number seven or eight or nine of rebuilding. So <laughs> your number, your number nine of rebuilding. I just I get a friend. kick out of it. I was talking about this last year with one of my buddies. He's a big Hawk fan, which I don't know why I'm friends with these people. Um, yeah, Trent, we don't know why we're friends with you. Yeah, and literally I'm talking about it's like, so what's it going to take for our bar to actually fire Fran? And he goes, well, he needs to get a pass because, you know, Licklider really brought the program down. I was like, it's year nine. How many years of a pass do you do, do you need? Like, how many red shirts did he have? Did, was he red shirting kids when they were fifth graders? Oh, my God. Like, come yeah. on. That's such a t- – who said that? You know what? I don't even want to know. I don't even yeah. want to know. Well, they get a pass. That's yeah. garbage. That's garbage take. Your fail of the week, right there. That's the fail of the week. Yeah, it happened a year ago, but Trent, that was you. <laughs> so Trent, you're an idiot. You're so dumb. You are really dumb. Me and him have twenty bucks on Xavier Foster for next week. We'll, we'll get to that later. Oh my god. Um, but no. So okay. So we got Iowa going to Wisconsin. That's going to be a fun that game. That game will take two hours and seven minutes. Well, see, that's really funny you say that because, um. I, I think Ross Peterson on KXNO this afternoon said that that game is going to be like all of an hour and a half because it's going to be such a run heavy, run heavy game that the clock will never stop moving. Right. So, which honestly, I kind of enjoy. Like I was talking about this last night. We, Cole and I partook in the Iowa State season home opener versus the which is which is why we're a little tardy. Delta yes. Devils of Mississippi Valley State. Richard Rivers Jr. the third baby. Yeah. Well, we'll get to Rich here later. Rick, big big Rick. Big Rick, slick Rick. Um. Pac-12 games or, you know, or, you know, Big 12 games where it's a freaking four-hour, it's a four-hour deal, not to mention every NFL game's four hours between reviews and commercial breaks and everything else. I mean, with TV timeouts and everything, college basketball is still a two-hour thing. I mean, baseball games are all four hours long. I think what makes college basketball a little harder for me to watch is the fact that the they are just collegiate athletes, and so the skill level is just not as as much there with NBA players, which is, I mean, obviously, but I mean, you get into some of those ACC games, like when Virginia plays and the final score ends up being like 42 to 36. I cannot watch those games. See, I, that is seriously like watching paint dry. I can't do it. To me, that's kind of what makes college basketball as well as college football fun is, you know, there's 120 division one or FBS college football teams. Um, there's 350 Division One college basketball teams, and don't get me wrong, there's a lot of them that play a pro style offense. You know what I mean, or something similar to what you see in the NBA or NFL. Or, but you don't. It's it's not a it's a copycat league in a sense where a lot of. But Iowa and Iowa State for a long time have ran very different systems. You know, even you know you'll see. You know, just the way they use their bigs, the way they use their guards, or the way Virginia plays is very different than the way Iowa State plays basketball. And we saw that last year. There's so many different mismatches and different things that happen based on scheme and players and way you recruit and things like that. And I think that's why college basketball is fun. You know, it's dumb wrong. Like, everyone wants to see dunks. Everyone wants to see players running up and down the court. But there's so many different things, I, I think, that just make the sport so much more intriguing because there's differences, because not everybody's doing the same thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I see where you're coming from. Like, I get it, and don't get me wrong. Like, the NBA can be unwatchable at times too, like because there's legitimately zero defense in some instances played, and and I know that that can maybe be an easy thing to say sometimes when you don't see the action up close because 
those guys are there getting paid millions and millions of dollars, and I bet it really is easy to take those plays off because really in the grand scheme of things in the NBA, it is really black and white. The better teams are going to win nine times out of ten, no matter what. Where the NFL, the better team is probably going to win seven times out of ten, and college football is a little bit more of a coin flip in some instances. So in college basketball, I mean, any team wins on any given night. Any right. t- any team. Well, that's why I that's why I think it's so much fun because yeah, and I, you know, I get you can that be part. Virginia who part. doesn't have a bunch of NBA draft picks. DeAndre Hunter, there's been a few of them, and do things really differently and still be a national championship winning team. You know, they don't have a bunch of one and dones there, but I mean, they're in the they're in the range for a, a one seed every year. Yeah, that's and that's just I think a testament too to to old Tony Bennett, not the singer, the coach. The first battle, but that, that's why college basketball is fun to me. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I think it's different strokes for different folks. Truthfully, at the at the end of the day, I mean, it's just I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch Big Twelve basketball games. Like even if the Cyclones aren't playing, um, if Kentucky's on, I'll watch Kentucky play. Uh, if Duke's on, North Carolina, like the powerhouses, I'll watch. But I mean, it's it's nothing for me. Like it is college football where I'm staying up till one thirty in the morning watching Hawaii play. Like it's just I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing with college football, but. I do. Problem. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite thing. But um, yeah. So, anyways, we can we can kind of move on. Do you uh, do you want to get into heat index here a little bit? Why don't yeah. You, let's do uh, heat index let's, quick. Preview some stuff. Yeah. We'll let's, uh, go. let's go into some heat index. Why don't you give me? Uh, we'll start with our hot blooded teams here. Uh, why don't you give me your hot-blooded? Uh, what do you? Where do you want to start? I'll let you start. You can pick Big Twelve or Big Ten. You you've got the floor there, Chief. So Big Twelve had kind of a light week with a bunch of bye weeks last week, um, but there were two teams that kind of came off and you know proved that they probably weren't you know frauds or that hey stuff is for real. Both came off big wins. Obviously Oklahoma State um, goes in and beats Iowa State, you know, and then shows up and actually beats TCU, who I thought you know a lot of people thought you know, we're going to have a good chance to upset them there. They started playing better football too. Um, K-State continues right on their deal. Um, really put it to Kansas, Kansas team that had been playing better football. So I know that's, that's you know, not one team. So who's your hot team? <laughs> you don't have one. Kansas, Oklahoma State University. <laughs> no, I just, I think for those – I think people probably expected a letdown from both those teams after them both coming off big wins, and they didn't. Okay, I'm 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 just gonna expand on. It. I'm gonna stick my neck out there, and I'm just gonna pick one. I think for me, easily, it was K State uh, coming off that big win against Oklahoma. They're they're due for that hangover game in Kansas. Um, I believe they had a bye week before they played after that Texas ordeal they had. Right. So they got an extra week to prepare and. You could almost see that hangover game coming, and K State absolutely stomped a mud hole in their ass. Right. So good. Cleman, on- I think Cleman's going to be a problem. Like that. Cleman's Cleman's already got me shaken. They're a they're ahead of schedule. I they're really way ahead. Of, they're about four wins ahead of schedule. I mean, from what we thought, like that that first episode we recorded, and even even before any of that, like I don't think you we didn't or know I, if they were going to be a bowl team. No, we didn't. But and now we're talking. Are they an eight, nine, ten win team? They're looking like a nine win team. And that's pretty remarkable. Like that's good for him. That's really cool. Uh, so that that was my hot team, and um, I guess I'll just jump into my hot team from the from the Big Ten. Um, it's a repeat from last week for me. It's Indiana. Uh, 
you know, they go into Nebraska and once again, like we said, quietly, they have, they have gotten seven wins right now. Are they, are they ranked now? I haven't even no, seen they're, they're seven and two and they're not ranked. Yes. They're the same. They have the same record as Michigan and are not ranked and Michigan is ranked 14th. That's a little shit. Yeah. Straight it's, up. It's straight up the name. And that's fine. It is what it is at this point. But Indiana has a little bit of a tough stretch coming. At Penn State, Michigan at home, at Purdue. So they end on rivalry week. Purdue's going to be up for that one, I think. Uh, Purdue's playing with their four-string walk-on quarterback right, at this point. Right, because uh, that uh, Jack Plummer just got yep. injured. Go from David Law to Jake. Jack Plummer. Yeah, not, not Jake, Jake Plummer. Plummer. That I think that mistake has only been made 6,000 times yep. at this point. To third-string walk-on, who, who I don't know what his name is. I don't know. He may as well be me. Um. So then those are our uh, – oh, you got uh, – who's your hot team from the Big Ten? Who Can you at least pick one team, or are you going to have 30,000 of them? I have two. Pick one, Dan. The Illinois fighting Illini got hey, another big win. That, that was mine from last week. I had Illinois and Indiana as my hot teams. That's cool. Good one. And, hey, they beat Rutgers – but it is the, the drive for six is still alive for Illinois. It is. They're, Lovey they're Smith, tracking. Lovey Smith's got a shot here. They do. I want to make another shout-out, though, the fighting Jim Harbaugh's hanging in there. Is Michigan – okay, conspiracy theory. Okay. <laughs> if Michigan wins out, are they a playoff contender? No. They got one loss. No, they have two. No, they don't. They're, they're they seven two? and two. Oh, fuck, you're right. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I'm an idiot. Yeah, you are, but we all knew that already. That's okay. Who uh, who they have two laws? Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and Penn State. You are correct. Um, back to Illinois. Illinois ends the year here um, at Michigan State this weekend. Uh, they get a bi- I think they I get think a they bi- win that game. They, yeah, I do too. They get a bye week at Iowa. Um, boy, wouldn't that be fun to watch Illinois upset Iowa? Um, and then Northwestern, which is going to be an easy W. So they got at least one more win on the schedule. I, I think they have two easily. So, I mean, Michi- I think they Michigan, Michigan State's State. going to be a dogfight. Yeah, but I think we, they they've proven State. themselves to not be a very competent football team at That's this point. That's accurate. That's accurate. So. I mean, this is one of the worst. I mean, I think everybody expected them to have a big bounce back here. They were in the top 25 of the first five, six weeks this year. But things do not look good in East Lansing. No, they don't, and I don't. They're ready to move on to basketball season. I think their their quarterback play has been pretty suspect this year. Um, I think they've bounced around from between Rocky Lombardi, who, if I hang on, hang on, hang on, a uh, Clinton native, Clinton Iowa. Oh, I think he's from Des Moines. Oh darn it! I think you're right, but yeah, Iowa native. I think he went to Valley. I think you're right. Now that you say that out loud, uh, Brian Lewerke, They've bounced between those two. First of all, Rocky Lombardi, one of the greatest football names ever. Like, you know that he's going to throw for 320 and record six tackles. <laughs> like, immediately. You can just mark it down. It's fine. Not only does he play quarterback, he's your Mike linebacker. Right. Quarterback Rocky on both. Lombardi. Yeah, dude. You know that dude's, like, that, that kid's dad was a football coach. Is like, yes, this is what we're naming our child. <laughs> oh, you want to play soccer? How about no, Scott? <laughs> Let's move on to our... Next foreigner segment, Cold as Ice. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Um, let's keep it here in the Big Ten, I suppose, then. And I will um, lay my cold Big Ten team, and I bet you probably have the same one. Uh, Nebraska. <laughs> there were people that put actual money on them 
to win a national championship. If there is anyone from Nebraska listening right now and you're a Cornhusker fan, you might want to turn the turn it down or something or plug your ears because you're going to be embarrassed. You had a must-win on the road at Purdue. A team that's playing its third-string quarterback. A team that was playing its third-string quarterback who you knocked out and still ended up losing the game by three points. Uh, excuse me, four points. They have to go to Wisconsin – they get Maryland, which as bad as Maryland is, they'll probably squeak that one out. And I'm not talking about Nebraska. Maryland will probably win that game. And they have Iowa. I see one win, maybe. Out of those three. Out of those three. Right. And Maryland's the maybe. They're not beating Wisconsin. They're not beating Iowa. This team's not even going to get to five this wins. This team, I don't think, at this point, isn't playing as well as last year's team did at this point. The, and that team finished with four wins. But regardless, I think everybody expected a lot of improvement. Now, it's interesting for me, and this is something I can't – we are used to teams, you know, up here in this part of the world when it gets to November and December and these parts of schedules, playing sound defense, running the football, you know, things like that are typically what win you games this time of year. We haven't seen a team, you know, like try, come in and try to run like an Oregon-type spread system and have a lot of success – you know, in that part of the country this time of year. So I don't know if, if that's sort of a detriment to their late se- late season woes here. I just, or maybe just they're not very good. I don't know. I And that's one thing I think you and I hit on maybe um, a couple weeks ago where we were talking about how we think the scheme is there, but just the personnel we don't think is there. I don't think these are Scott well, they've, Frost they've hung, quite they've quite yet. They've hung in close in a lot of these football they have, games. They haven't but... rolled over and died. Except, I mean, they they kind of got their ass whooped by Minnesota, right? Um, but they, like you said, they haven't rolled over and died. Like they haven't just got obliterated by anybody. Like, but the fact that you could only put up twenty seven points against a, a just a stupid subpar Purdue defense, and then can't even beat their third string quarterback. I mean, it's just it's such a it's such a deflator, I'm sure, but at the same time, like nothing makes me happier sometimes than watching Nebraska fans squirm. Oh, and speaking of Nebraska fans squirming, also had a, a just a stellar start to their basketball season last night. So we will get to that later. Um, that's part of Cole's "Did You Know" segment. Oh, fair enough. Um, Dan, who you who's your cold team in the Big Ten? Dude? My, Are you going to copy me here? Wait, in the Big oh, in the Big Ten? Yeah, that was it. Sorry. Okay. Well, we won't but, dive too much. Okay, so give me your cold Big Twelve. Let's. Um, cold Big 12. My cold Big Twelve team is the Baylor Bears. Oh, okay. Even in a win. Even like in a it. win. I like it. A three-point win over the worst team in the conference. I think in a game where you are starting to talk about an 8-0 Baylor team and what do we need to do to impress the playoff committee? What do we need to do to impress bowl reps? And, you know, everyone makes a joke that Baylor is, you know, 8-0 and hasn't beat anybody, this, that. You're at a point here where you need to start looking for style points. And you have to struggle one out like that to beat the worst team in the conference. Um, for me – that one's kind of easy is everyone's kind of doubting Baylor the way it is. So when you show up and takes that kind of effort to beat a bad football team by three points, um, you, you deserve to be cold as ice this week. I agree. And I actually, I kind of took it easy on Baylor. I honestly didn't really even give them a second thought when I was thinking about a cold team. I, um, I'm, I'm going to dog on Kansas a little bit here and just map out what they had in front of them with that loss or excuse me, prior to that loss to Kansas state, um, they end their year, um, with Ohio, excuse me, Ohio state, Okie state, Iowa state and Baylor. 
So three more than likely losses. But if the chips fall right, they have a, they would have had a chance to probably beat Okie State. And if they'd have stayed hot and maybe Iowa State was trending downward, had a chance to maybe beat Iowa State on the road. So they they squandered their opportunity for a fifth win, or excuse me, a fourth win with a fifth win and perhaps a sixth win in the sights. And granted, it's less miles first year here, so we're not going to get too critical of them. But I will say to they're only, better to than only, I thought they were going to be. Oh, absolutely. To only put up three points and just get obliterated like you did um, coming off a of bye week, that's just that's not good. That's pretty bad. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll let it slide a little bit. That's a good Kansas State team. But at the same time, the opportunity that they had in front of them and then for them to just piss it down their leg was less than awesome. But then again, who cares about Kansas? Nobody. <laughs> so that's kind of our uh, heat index. They're hot and cold. Um, I guess going back to basketball here a little bit, like you said, we went to the game last night, and um, there were some other things that happened in the college basketball world. Kansas goes down, um, widely talked about the most talented team in the country, turns the ball over 27 times, which... Which I don't understand. That that team loses a lot weird. of talent. Where Where is Kansas being the most talented? Do wrong. I don't know. Some, you got Doak back. Dotson. Yeah, Dotson. But I don't think this Kansas team, I mean, it's just, isn't nearly as talented as you know, some of the last five, six weeks. Oh, seen. I know. I mean, I, I they just, were talking about Isaiah Moss starting for this Kansas team before he pulled his hammy. Which, wow, first of all, I mean, I, I just, I don't even know how that can even be a conversation. But, like, I agree with you. This is not even close to some of the most talented Kansas no, teams. No, think we've about seen it. We've seen teams with, M, you know, that had Embiid and, and uh, Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins on it. On it, exactly. Like, good Gandhi. Yeah. Ben McLemore. I mean, like, think about all the first round picks the NBA that NBA talent. You know, in this Devontae one, Graham and people like that, like Frank Mason, this one. the ugliest <laughs> dude in the history of college basketball. Like him and Perry Mason are just, yeah. Oh God! <laughs> but to the, to me, I'm, don't get me wrong. There's there's NBA talent on this team, but I don't think this team, you know, is. I don't know. There's a bunch of people saying that you know it's one of the top two, three teams in the country easily, and I don't I don't see that. I guess I think. Don't wrong. They they last year was the first year in fourteen years they didn't have a share of the Big Twelve championship. I think they will win it this year just because I don't think I think Tech is a little bit down. They lose a lot. Um, I think Baylor is going to be a really good basketball team this year. I think they're going to have shot. K State has replaced all an awful lot. Dean Wade, Barry Brown. Um, but to me, I, I think it's Baylor and Kansas. Um, but I think it's a lot closer than people think it's going to be. Yeah, I'll. Uh... I'll I'll go in on I'll go in with you on that one. I honestly I think it's going to be Tech. I think Tech's going to win it for a second straight year. Um, really, and and not necessarily just to disagree. I've I think Chris Baird Beard or Baird Beard Chris Beard has proven it to me with what he's done with that class last year and taking them to the to the championship game and ultimately losing to Virginia. Well, now he's starting to get some legit recruits too. I think that. Kansas is going to take a little bit of a downswing, despite what all the experts think. Like I just don't think well, that, that, that team is as talented as what they is as talented as what everybody else thinks they are. I I'm going to put my money on Texas Tech, truthfully, and and until they prove me otherwise. But then again, it's it's betting against Bill Self is a little bit 
like betting against Nick Saban. And now that I think about it out loud, I'm pretty sure I just called Perry Ellis Perry Mason. You did. I think Perry which, Mason is a TV show. No, Perry Mason was a lawyer. That's what they do in the courtroom when you have a Perry Mason moment. It's it's a, just a very good impeachment of the witness on well, the stand. because I'm pretty sure Perry Mason was a lawyer on a TV show. You're a lawyer on a TV show. Shut up, Dan. Um, I think in my my uh, bro, Randy Evans at work, Randy and I like to chit-chat a little bit here and there about uh, sports at work, and he was kind of asking me today what I thought about Iowa State and where they stood. I'm, I'm honestly going to – I'm going to be a little – I'm bullish and bearish on them at the same time. I think this team actually is going to show improvement from last year, but I still think that we're going to be like a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. I think we're going to probably finish sixth or fifth. I, I was I, – I, I think you're exactly right. I think – honestly – the way I don't think the Big Twelve is as deep or as good as it has been in previous years. Um, K State will take a step back. I believe Tech will take a step back. Kansas even will take a step back. Yep. Um, the middle of the league will be better. It'll be a very balanced league. I, I think so. I don't think there'll be West Virginia has nowhere to go but up after last season. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State actually I think will be better. Um, but to me. What do they return? Oklahoma State returns. Returns everybody. Yeah, they got that really good uh, three-point shooter. And I don't know if you saw this, Cade Cunningham, the number one recruit in the country for 2021, just committed to Oklahoma State. Pardon my French, but how the f*** does that happen? They hired his brother as an assistant coach. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It's like it's the That's a Bill the, Self move right that's there. That's the Ben Simmons effect yeah, right there. Right. That's what <laughs> That's amazing. Um, anyway, but I think Iowa State, you know, fits somewhere right in the middle of that conference. Here's the deal. There is not as much high-end talent. The high, you know, the high highs, you know, I do not think we'll have like there was last year's team where you have three or four NBA guys in the starting lineup. Um, at the same time, I don't think we'll see the lows that last year's team had. I think this team, and we saw it last night. I think what there was thirty-two assists on forty-five made baskets. That's correct. Um, I wasn't even looking. I just remembered that off the top of my head. That's a good one. Good um, point. But what we're going to see, I think, is a lot of unselfish play, especially when your team leader is Tyrese Halliburton, who is captain unselfish. I th- um, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. I think you're going to see a lot more ball movement. Right. You won't see less a, dribbling and yeah. more passing ball. Mo- sorry. You going. won't see a you know the ball go into Mariel in the corner or to Halen or to Horton Tucker. Halen Horton Tucker. You know to THT. How about that? On the top of the key and just stick there until they can figure out something to do. Or you won't see Nick Babb just sitting there with the ball because he's too afraid of making a mistake. Um, well, no, but then he'll pass. It. Then he would have passed it to Mariel, and Mariel would have dribbled it off his foot, and right. so someone was going to make this a team is young, and they're going to make mistakes. Actually, I really like this core, and I don't know if it's something that's going to pay off immediately. Um, but Halliburton's a stud, obviously. We know that. I think he's one of the best point guards in the country. I don't know if he's going to be ever going to be a big time scoring threat, but that's not what he is. Agreed. Um, I think you've got two very capable guards in Rashear Bolton. And Prentice Nixon. I thought Nixon looks like a really good on-ball defender. He's a lot more efficient than I thought Very he would active. be. Um, he's going to be a headache. I think those two, just as active as they are defensively, could be a you know could be interesting to watch them against some backcourts of the league. Um, as athletic and just hands you know up as those two guys are. Um, Bolton, I think we saw him didn't play great, great defense at times last night, but there's only so much you can take away from that game. But Bolton's very athletic, looks great when he's getting to the rack, has a great shot. He has nine, six, and five in 18 minutes before he starts cramping up last night. So actually a pretty good night from him. Um, so I really think the pieces of the backcourt, and actually the two guys I haven't even talked about yet is the two freshman guards 
Caleb Grill and Trey Jackson, I think, are both going to be pretty good players. Let me see you grill. No, I I really do. Caleb, I mean, when he out there hit that first three, like his stroke, I was like, oh, my God, Matt Thomas. No, I said that, and you jumped my shit for that. Well, just because Cole wants to call our one white guard Matt Thomas, but his shot looks a lot like Matty Ice's. So, so quick. Well, I mean, and Trey Jackson, I think he came off, and you could tell the moment was a little big for him. I think he airballed his first three, but he made three of his last five. Yeah, he did. He's really athletic. I think those guys are going to prove – Going to get some good minutes. And then, on, honestly, the front court is one like Iowa State has not had in a long time. Um, Jacobson looks improved. He looks more confident in his shot. He has three three-pointers last night um, against a bad team. Albeit, we saw, Jack, we saw Jake look good against bad teams last year and disappear You know when it came time to get tough. Um, I think Solomon Young gives this team another dimension in terms of a, a physical big who, honestly, I could see us – trying to get him the ball down low more because he, I think he's going to be pretty tough for some teams to guard, as physical as he is. Um, Zion Griffin, I think, is going to be a really good energy guy off the bench, um, as well as George Condit. Both athletic. Um, both can get up and down. Condit is really good finishing r- around the rim. I, You know, I don't think there's a you know all-world NBA talent on this deal, like first, you know, one-and-done type players. But I think, honestly, this team is going to play for each other um, they're going to make some mistakes. It's going to be hard to figure things out. But I like the core, and I, I think there's a lot of potential here. Holy cow. Like, is there even any reason I should sit here, or are you just going to sit there and fucking yammer? <laughs> uh, no, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I think that it was funny watching us play. Like, we we took a bunch of shots. Like, that's one thing about that team that you noticed last night. We were not afraid to shoot the ball. I don't think not it's going to be a great three-point shoot. Dude, you just talked for, Sorry. like, five minutes. Sorry. Uh Probably not going to be a great three-point shooting team. You're right. Um, like I said, we're going to move the ball, and it's going to be not very much dribbling. It's going to be a lot of passing, um, off-ball movement. Our front court played really well. I liked. I saw. I liked how aggressive I saw Solomon. Solomon played very physical in the post. Jacobson played very physical in the post. I just don't. I don't think that we're a real great off defensive rebounding team yet because we saw them come with come up with some real head scratching offensive rebounds uh, in that in Mississippi Valley State. In it's just one of those things where it happens. It's basketball. I mean, you're not going to get every defensive rebound, but we got we got out hustled on a couple plays, which was a little bit of a bummer. But you know, like I said, we played really relaxed. We shot the ball. We were not afraid to shoot it. We got a little stagnant sometimes, where there were a couple, three, four, five possessions in a row where we came down, one pass, someone jacked a three. There were a lot of open threes that we took, and there were a lot of open threes that we missed, which is a little bit of a bummer. I think we were what 13 of 38 on threes, or 13 of 30. Five, Either 33. Way. It was 37%. We, uh, we were, yeah, we were sub 40% on three-point shots, but we shot 49% from the field, which which will probably get it done in some instances. But, you know, I'd, I'd really like to see this team work the ball from inside and go out. Um, be, Jake's got that little baby hook that he can that he can use. Um, I said it last night when we were sitting in the stands. Solomon's, Solomon's bread and butter is that 15-footer, that 12, 15-footer, that little just free-throw jump shot. He hits that every time, it seems like. Right. Now, if he can stay healthy, I think we're good. But we're a deep team. We're right. a deep team. That's what I think. Right. No, so I, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Big 12 will be interesting. Looking forward, um, this schedule for Iowa State and their non-conference is murderous. Um, you've got the battle for Atlantis. I mean, the best preseason tournament there is. Yeah, UNC you've got Mich- and Michigan. And, and, you know, Oregon's and then, down there, I'm pretty sure. Right. And then you talk about just they're at Oregon State on Saturday, which is a good basketball team. 
Um, that's going to be probably playing in the NCAA tournament. You've got Seton Hall. Um, I think I can't remember who the SEC challenge game is this year. Is it Auburn? I yeah, it's remember. Auburn. Auburn. Also, Auburn just made an elite eight. Very good basketball team. So we're going to learn a lot about the young kids on this team and, and where they can go and figure things out. It might not be a deal where don't be surprised if they lose a lot of these non-conference games. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think they can figure things out in Big 12 play and be in contention for a tourney, tourney bid. I see this team, you know what I mean, like in the 8-9 game. That's Yeah, I, I'm glad that you, that's what you think. I'm not quite to the point where I'm thinking they're going to make the tournament just because it's set – I personally, in my own emotional and mental state, that I set myself up for failure. So I hope that you're right. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm thinking they're going to be a, the sixth best team in the Big Twelve according to Typically record. Typically, that's then, good enough to get in the tourney, though. Yeah, we hope we'll hope so. It kind of depends on Win the rest a couple of games, Kansas City. What the, what the rest of the country does too. But if they get bounced in the first round in Kansas City, then we're probably not in. Um, but anyways, looking at the Iowa basketball team, I know not a thing. I am, um, I know more than I should. There's been a lot of Iowa fans out there, and this is just kind of the delusional Iowa fan take. I think it's going to be addition by subtraction by getting rid of Tyler Cook, who's been your best player the last two or three years, and Isaiah Moss, who was your best scorer last year. No. That's not the answer. I don't think this Iowa team will be bad. At least they'll have Jordan Bohannon. Maybe. The problem is Bohannon is coming off the hip surgery. Well, it went from him not playing at all to, to like, Well, he basically, might go. they're going to roll him out the first seven, eight games this year, like Naz Long tried after his hip surgery. See if he can do it. See if he's on or off. And from the from what things heard in their exhibition game versus Lindsey Wilson, that's not a woman. That's a school. Um that's also a woman. A woman. Oh, I too, thought that was the. I thought that was the uh, pop group from the '90s that sang uh, oh. whatever that song, yeah. "Bridesmaid Song." Yep. Anyway, <laughs> Wilson Phillips. Wow. Um, but they said Bohannon did, did look a little off. They said there's a lot of days where it's still pretty bad, and he doesn't feel like himself. If you have Bohannon, I think this team's actually pretty competent. Um, the backcourt, you've got the McCaffrey boys, who I are. As much as me to say it, they are good basketball players. Um, Bohannon obviously is your big three points, you know, big three point threat. They say CJ Frederick after a redshirt year, who walked on, who actually was a walk on for a year, and then gets it. So I don't really know this w- what the reason was for it there. If the kid was so good, why did he have to walk on at Iowa for a year? But there's a lot of folks really high on CJ Frederick, um, Joe Toussaint, um, really athletic point guard recruit they get in, but I don't think from all reports is not going to be probably ready to get a, a bunch of minutes. His offensive game isn't probably refined enough yet, but we'll give them a presence defensively. They haven't really had um, going from there. Obviously their front court Garza is a stud. Now him and Nate Stanley must have the same trainer. Cause it looks, they both look like they're wearing cement shoes out there, <laughs> um, but he's a really good traditional big man in the terms of back to the basket. Um, big lengthy presence. Uh, Nungy red shirts last year. Another guy, so I think there is some talent on this team, and I think they can have some success. I think a lot of it's going to determine if Bohannon can play. I think if they are without Bohannon the majority of the season, and here's what I fully expect is him to get, be there until the Iowa State game and shut it down after that if he's not ready to go. Yeah. Um, because that's what typically happens. Pemsel, too, is another one that you know we've seen be a competent big man for him. He's suspended for the first couple of games of the season. I do think there's talent there, but I really think – Without Bohan in the lineup, there's not a lot of guys there that can create their own shot. Um, and playmaking and just shot making is going to be a struggle for them. Unless you're going to be a really traditional team 
trying to feed the big men inside. Well, that's right about, now. That's I don't about, see him as a turning team. That's, that's about three and a half minutes of my life that I'll never get back. Thanks for that one. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. And we know how you know coaching is a strength over there in Iowa City too. So yeah, if Mad Fran makes an appearance, they're going undefeated. <laughs> Fran FranCon five or whatever the shit that that's so funny. Yeah. Um. No, but let's. Uh, I played. I played a little bit of basketball in high school, so I think my strength is easily dissect. Not dissecting, but helping maybe add a little bit of perspective to some of the decisions that maybe Steve Prohm makes um, game planning and scheme wise. Um, I think Dan has obviously got the upper hand in football and, and you don't say, and, and um, I guess break down there um, mainly because all he does is f-ing talk when he gets here. And basically it's just the Dan Harmson show. We'll just everyone back up and let him do whatever the f- he wants to do. <laughs> um, but I'm, I've, can probably offer just wait. I've got a, another couple points to an make. An extra touch of um, perspective when it comes to basketball, um, just with my very limited knowledge. But so, like, if if Dan Harmson has level one knowledge, I probably have like level one point two. One, so, I'll give you one point seven five. Okay, thanks. I appreciate that. That's very generous of you. Um, but so we'll uh, we'll dive a little bit more into college basketball once we kind of get a little bit bearing um, here after Saturday, and then we get into a little bit more maybe on Monday or Tuesday whenever we get to record. But college basketball is tough to prognosticate for me yeah. because there's so much turnover every year. I mean, completely yeah. different rosters thrown out there from what there were. I mean, there's not really re- four-year yeah, guys it's, anymore. It's really hard. And and that being said, I have a tough time keeping up with the rosters too. Like that's that's not an indictment on you at all. Like that's no one can do that. It's hard. Like Jay Billis probably can barely do it. You know, like that's that's a lot of teams to except look for at. Duke because he loves them. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a lawyer after all. He got his degree from Duke. I know. Jay Billis is the man. I love Jay Billis. Um, but let's let's move on a little bit here, and I, maybe we can get into a little bit of Xavier Foster talk. And I don't know how much time I want to spend on it just because I think you and I both have a pretty similar opinion, and we ran a poll, um, and I tried to hashtag it too so I could oh, at I, least did, I never it. saw this poll. What did we run? So I created a poll at about 10 o'clock this morning. Well, I need to vote then. Um, created a poll at about 10 o'clock this morning, and call it, you know, I said college hoops is here. We will dive into some outlook and predictions tonight. Uh, let's start with a local story. Who is Xavier Foster picking on Monday? Hashtag Cyclone Nation. Hashtag Hawkeyes. Open parenthesis. Try to put your pom-poms down. Close parenthesis. Uh, 63 votes with 14 hours left here. So we're about 10 hours into the vote. Um, Iowa State leading the poll with 60%. Iowa leading it with 40%. So basically what that tells me is 55% of these people are Iowa State fans and 35% of these people are Iowa fans. And that's going right. to be equates. And I I truthfully, if, if you're a third party looking at it, I would, I would venture to guess that he's going to go to Iowa because, I, again, and I said this to you yesterday, I think it's just that Eastern Iowa vibe. And that's it. And I, I realize that Oskaloosa is probably the same distance from Ames, but it's still, as it is to Iowa City, City but it's still an Eastern Iowa vibe for me. And I'm, I'm sure he's probably bit on that a little bit, but there are obviously dozens and dozens of other points to be made for the reasons that he will come to Iowa State. Here's the deal. Fran McCaffrey has made his, his bread and butter as recruiting at the University of Iowa has been. He's landed on a couple good recruits um, like Tyler Cook, Isaiah Moss, people like that. But otherwise, it's been kids who grew up lifelong Hawkeye fans, and that's where they wanted to go. Joe Eastcamp, um, Adam Nicholas, Woodbury, Nicholas Bear, Nicholas Bear, people like that. And he's got two kids that were highly rated recruits. So if you if you take out Hawkeye legacy recruits and his kids, what what do his recruiting classes look like? But 
that's what Franz made his money off of. But I think Foster is in a different sense where, you know, he has been down to Iowa and Iowa State. You know, he's got offers from USC, UCLA, Baylor, Kansas. Um, obviously really good. He's a seven-foot big man who can run the court, who's got a pretty good outside shot. You tell me what system he works better in. I mean, uh, it's an easy answer. And and I know that, and everybody else knows that, but I'm going I'm going total geographical. I I just think you know when it comes down to push comes to shove here, um, you know it, it's no different than if I, if I were offensive lineman or a tight end or a linebacker or something, I want to go play in the NFL, you know, and going to whatever. Iowa. Yeah, you're probably going to go to Iowa. But if Xavier Foster wants to play an NBA like system and wants to play in the NBA, there's one school in Iowa that has nine guys in the NBA, and there's one that has, I think, one guy in the G League. I think this should be our face-off. That's what we'll do. This will be our face-off right now. You're arguing for Foster coming to. Well, I think I think that's why I think Iowa State is the right pick. Yeah, I I can't say I disagree with you, but um, I think that a lot of it comes down to emotion, and that's what I think is going to play a huge role in this. Is I think I it's going to be emotion. It's interesting for me. Iowa State media guys have said it's going to be Iowa State. All the Iowa media guys say it's going to be Iowa. All the guys in the know say he doesn't have a night. He hasn't picked yet. Um, announcement comes, I think, Monday. Or, it comes on the 11th. So is that Monday or Tuesday? I That's can't remember. Monday. Yeah. So we'll know then. Um, but obviously one of the higher-ranked recruits we've had. DJ Carton was obviously a good recruit that went out of state last year. But it's been a long time since we've had a high-ranked recruit in the state of Iowa, A, that stayed in the state of Iowa, and it was down to the two in-state schools. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but uh, maybe we don't have to have that be our face-off. I was just kind of kidding about that since you and I were on opposite lines. And, and uh, I, I guess I can jump into here. Um, I want to throw a little couple of fun facts at you, speaking of um, you know things you may or may not know. Dan, welcome to Cole's Did You Know segment. Um, I will start in the NFL uh, as much as I hate it sometimes. Um, do you know where Mitch Trubisky ranks in terms of quarterback rankings, QBR? Not good. He is ranked as the 51st best quarterback in the NFL, which basically means there are 29 other starters that are better than him. <laughs> and, and there are there are roughly, what is, what is that? That's an extra 15 backups that are better than him. Okay. Holy shit. At what point, why didn't you just let... Chase Daniel, write it out. Like, actually was playing better. Man on earth. Excuse me. It's 22 backups. It's not 19. It's 22 backups. So, 29 starters and 22 backups have a higher QBR than you do. Yes. That's what they're talking about in Chicago is why Why has Chase Daniel not gotten run? Well, like, there was a bunch of guys wanting to, you know, David Kaplan talked about all of them, you know, whether they were going to try to trade for Cam Newton or some of these other guys. If you're sitting He's there bad. next year, though. He's bad. And you're going to have, you have to pick up. Looking at picking up Trubisky's player option that comes with being a top ten pick, that's expensive. What do you? I mean, you can't. I mean, are you going to draft another quarterback? Thing is, it should be a quarterback deep draft this year. They'll have to trade. They'll have to trade up. They'll have to trade up and get somebody. Uh, Or, or like you said, maybe trade for Cam Newton, or um, maybe who knows? But is Josh Josh Rosen on the move again? Oh my! But you're just we're going to see them waste another really good defense. Is what it's going to come down to. Yeah, and that would be hard. Like as time a is a flat circle, the Bears have a really good defense and quarterback problems. Yeah, it would be hard as a defense to like have an offense so bad where like it just wouldn't even make you want to play. But um, we're not spending any time on the NFL because those guys are idiots. Um, Nebraska, back to their woes, um, and we saw the funny video 
today of Fred Hoiberg and the Hello Darkness, my old friend. That's how I feel about Daylight Savings Time. So funny. Um, Nebraska loses a home men's basketball opener for the first time since 1980. That's a wild stat, too. But probably really shouldn't be all that surprised either. I mean, Nebraska ball. Yeah, it's Nebraska ball. It's uh, it's going to be a work in progress for old Freddie over there. Um, what do you what do you think Fred accomplishes there? Because man, he did not look happy. It's um, it, it's not going to be the same culture. Like he came back into an NCAA college basketball world where everybody can get recruits now. Uh, excuse right. me, transfers. Right. Everybody can get transfers now. Well, what he's he did, not, he he started the mold. I think. And people started to copy him or kind of that blueprint, not necessarily yeah. that he created. To rebuild. Yeah, yeah, to rebuild. And now he's going to have to compete. And what did we say? What have we said about Scott Frost and the kids in Lincoln and the UCF comparison? You're going to have a tougher time getting kids to come to Lincoln versus Orlando. And it's the same thing when a kid's maybe getting recruited to, you know, a transfer might be getting recruited to, I don't know, Cal, UCLA, right. well, Fresno. I think it's going to be a lot Texas. harder to re- recruit and rebuild the Nebraska place that has no history, no legacy. Absolutely. It was easier for him to rebuild in Ames because everybody knew him. Everybody knew what he could do. Um, you know, knew him in there and had an NBA history, yada, 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 and completely revolutionized how college basketball teams recruit and put together rosters. Well, guess what? Everybody takes transfers now. Kansas takes transfers. Duke takes transfers. It's a lot more flooded than he was doing it the first time. And it's not like you have this history. It's not like, you know, and everything else to. And part of this is, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle there for a few years' names. And they brought almost his whole old coaching staff back together. You've got him. Doc Sadler is there. Matt Abdomassi is there. And everything. And I don't think it's just going to be that easy to do again. I agree. I think that what they're trying to do is replicate something that is going to be very hard to replicate. And I won't go as far to say lightning in a bottle, but it's it's an accurate description. It's close, but uh, moving on. My last one, my third and final, Coles, did you know? <clears throat> 21 years ago in college football, in the college football world, the SCLSU Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl when Bobby Boucher came back at halftime. Let's go. Remember when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl, do you? <laughs> the SCLSU. What is that? The South Vicky, Central Louisiana? Yeah, and Vicky. Vicky, Vicky Valencourt saved him with the glacier water that was still cold, even though it had been out of the refrigerator for roughly three and a half months. What a crock of shit. She showed me her boobies, she and showed, I like them, too. She showed me the boobies, and I like them, too. Vicky, Vicky Valencourt. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that's that's Cole's Did You Know, everyone. Oh. Thank, you. Thank you for listening to Cole's Did You Know. Oh, fair enough. All right. So we uh, we didn't. We didn't have, I guess, a face-off subject. Do you want to do a face-off subject? I don't really have anything I can or can't argue for, I guess, for lack of a better term. I want to talk a little bit about the college football playoff rankings that came out last night. Okay. Um, the first edition of our college football playoff rankings. Good, bad, or indifferent. They don't matter. Not even They will bit. not matter for the next five weeks. And Trent was very hung up on that last night. We've seen this before. Here's my takeaway from this whole thing is – um, they obviously did some conferences, some favors. I remember that one of the first college football playoff polls came out. It had three SEC teams because remember it was Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and I think Alabama or Texas A&M or somebody was in that first one that came out because that they had the best. You know, I think here's my deal: Ohio State being up there, that's great. 
Um, their combined record of teams they beat is the best. I don't think they've got a signature win in their schedule yet. Like LSU has beat, uh, you know, three highly ranked teams already. Yep. LSU probably should have been number one in my book. Um, Penn State number four. They've got a couple good wins. Yeah, that's great. Obviously, I think what nine of the top fourteen teams were Big Ten and SEC teams. Um, but here's my deal: the big winner out of the playoff rankings yesterday is not one of the top four teams. It's the team sitting at number five. If you look at this, there's a lot of whining and gnashing teeth where Clemson is still undefeated. They're the reigning national champion. They should be ranked number one. They should not based on their record, based on everything else. But look at Clemson's remaining schedule. Look what they can do. You've got Penn State and Ohio State there who have to play yet in the top four. You've got LSU and Alabama in the top four who are going to play yet. So we're going to see at least two losses in those. For me, the playoff committee set up Clemson to get in the playoff right there. Absolutely. They're just waiting for that right. three I mean, or four to screw up. You know, for me, they did the Pac-12 a lot of favors, which I don't understand, putting Oregon and Utah where they were. Um, those are teams that really – I thought the Big 12 wasn't done a lot of justice. Don't get me wrong. Oklahoma is a very good football team. They haven't beat – it's recent. Anybody it's with a recency bias I, I really too. think that's it too. Is they have, and that's why we see these these college football schedules change a lot. To where you know they may have played really good teams right off the bat or things like that. But a lot of these conference schedules anymore are so backloaded. Like we we're not going to see Ohio State hasn't played any of their conference powers yet until these last two or three weeks of the season because a loss to a bad team early is a lot easier to get over than a loss to a bad team late. If you lose to Penn State late, you might drop two or three spots in the pool. If you lose to Purdue late, it's going to drop you to number 16. Yeah. And you're going to have no chance to come back from it. So that's why we've seen all these college conferences backload these schedules so much. Like, you know, Baylor – see, I, I think about this is the Big 12 looked at some of this stuff. They thought there was going to be four really good football teams at the end of the year. They were going to be, you know, just based off last year's deal when their schedules were put together. Iowa State, Baylor – Texas, Oklahoma. Well, a lot of those games outside of Texas and Oklahoma still have to happen. Um, Big Ten's the same way. Penn State, Ohio State still have to play. Ohio State, Michigan still have to play. Um, there's a lot of these things that are going to be decided yet. So there's there, a lot of there's a yeah. lot of scenarios that can be played out too. Like with like Penn State beats Ohio State, and then uh, Penn, Ohio State Penn loses State, to Michigan. Penn, yeah, and Ohio State loses to Michigan, or Penn State. Um, you know, loses to Ohio State, Ohio State loses to Michigan, and, and like all of these weird scenarios that can play out. I think the one that's probably in the most position of power, I think, is the Big 12. And really, it's if Oklahoma if Oklahoma takes care of business this weekend and then down the stretch, they're going to be the Big 12's only chance at a playoff spot. I don't Baylor's think, undefeated. I don't think I don't think Baylor's going to get the respect. Truthfully, you don't think if Baylor goes undefeated, they won't put them in the playoff? No, because I don't think Baylor's going undefeated anyways. Well, regardless, you don't think a 12 and 0 Baylor. With, a, or with a conference championship game win, a thirteen and zero Baylor, they're going to put in one loss. Big Ten teams over undefeated Baylor. I think so. They've done. They've I done, think you're fucking delusional. They've done. Stu- they've done stupid shit like that all the time. They how have many times before, have they put the, the how plane, many times have they put SEC teams in? Like two loss SEC SEC teams. Never. In? They've never or done like, that. Or when when they do this dumb shit with Alabama because it's just Alabama. No, they, do they are not against Baylor gonna, because it's just Baylor. Well, that that's true, but they are not going to eliminate. We've seen this time and time again. Baylor and Minnesota are in the same spot here. They're both, I think, Baylor's, what, 12, and Minnesota is ranked below that even, maybe. 
Um, I thought Minnesota was up to some. What were they? Regardless, oh, 17, sorry. Yeah, because they haven't beat anybody yet. But if those teams keep winning, they'll keep moving up, and that's the way this college football playoff deal goes. What if Minnesota beats Penn State this weekend? It's going to be – here's the deal. I'm not – I don't <laughs> think it's out of line because that team's playing with confidence right now. Yeah, I agree. I get just – it's. I don't think there's enough studs on either side of the ball to do it, but I won't be shocked. I won't be surprised. They're playing with the confidence of an 8-0 football team. Yeah, and – and there's going to be a lot of little scenarios that can play out, like who beats who down the stretch. And, you know, if, right. if LSU loses to Alabama, but it's a close game and maybe Tua doesn't play or gets hurt early in the first quarter, and then the committee's going to look at that and say, okay, well, Tua wasn't in the game the whole time. Like, we can kind of give them half of a pass. Well, then if LSU loses late down the stretch too, then maybe that's all of a sudden an okay loss, and we're dealing – we're talking about, like, five separate, six separate one-loss teams. Right. That's going to be a fun conversation. I just, this whole thing, you know, this whole, don't wrong, it's entertaining TV, it's all this other stuff, it does not matter to the last week, maybe from a transparency standpoint, the only reason this whole thing exists, you know, starting this week of the season, is advertising dollars. Right, and they that's why they put Penn State in there at number four, is because well, you they, get everybody hyped up. they know they're going to lose. They know it's going to be Clemson at the right. end. They're just right. trying to give someone, they're going to throw a dog a bone. Right. You know, and it's it's fine. And, and maybe they're doing the same thing with Alabama and LSU. They're saying, okay, well, whoever loses this weekend is going to be outside we the can top drop. four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm If Baylor does go undefeated, I think you're right. There's no way that they can't put them in. But, like, I just, to me, they have shown me too many times that they're just so on their knees for the Big Ten and SEC that they don't care what the Big 12 does. And even if Baylor's undefeated, they're going to figure out a way to try to even put them at, like, this number 4A type shit, you know. I can see it happening, and I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dead wrong. I'm hope I'm dead wrong, but it if just, they that's what they do, man. Undefeated Power Five conference champion out that has you know wins over what well, in this backloaded schedule will have wins over K State, Oklahoma probably twice, Iowa State, Texas. You're gonna leave that team over for a one loss, you know? No, it won't happen. If I, they do, they'll be. Riots in the streets. There will be, yeah, there will be pretty much hell to pay, but yeah. Um, so, anyways, we were we were talking about going to face off, but we started talking about that. But maybe we'll just skip face off because I don't have anything good to argue about, and I don't want to argue about daylight savings time because that's stupid, anyways. So, <laughs> um, I guess we uh, we can get into our cash considerations and uh, Cole's locks of the week. Uh, Dan, I would like to congratulate you on your first win. Uh, you took San Jose State plus the seventeen. And it looked really bad really early for me when Boise State was, I think, even down by 14 points or something like that. They rallied to win the game 52-42, to 42, so you covered your first spread of the year against your buddy sitting across the table. So I've got uh, this bottle of Fireball, and since that's what we've been rolling with, here's to you, Chief. I always pick the Spartans. Good pick. I was high on Boise State. They still won, but... Well, that was one more takeaway out of this Woo. first playoff rankings. Five group of five teams ranked in the first playoff. Okay, team. wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can name them. Ready? SMU, Memphis, Boise State, um, UCF, Cincinnati. I don't think UCF, but Cincinnati is. Oh, I wonder, wonder what that was. Let's check. I think it's Navy, pretty sure. Navy? Okay, yeah. so... Because you can, you can pick group of five, can't you, like on these things? Anyways, who knows? I, I think I'm close. It might have been Navy. Yeah, it's Navy. Um, So 
I, I've got a couple in terms of cash considerations. I've got a couple fun little bets. And I do you like sticking with the obscure stuff here? What do you like to bet on? I mean, you don't get to pay as much attention to it as I do, but I kind of thought it'd be fun to maybe bet on that Penn State Mich- or a Minnesota game if you're into that. Oh, what's the spread? Uh, Penn State at Minnesota is um, minus seven. Penn State. As much as I want the Gophers to cover and do all this other stuff. I think Penn State covers. The I seven. think Penn State's going to kick the shit out of them too. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, we could. So that that bears the question. Do you want to go something a little bit more obscure? Um, <laughs> What's the Alabama LSU line? Six and a half Alabama. Really? Yeah. See, so me and you are going to both take LSU in that one. It's in Tuscaloosa. See, I don't. I don't. Even if we did, I, I mean, I would take Alabama, but I don't want to take Alabama because I don't want Alabama to win. I, I don't know. I think this LSU – here's the deal. Saban, Saban is downplaying this Tua thing. Well, he might play. Yeah, he's looking okay. You know, Tua is going to play. Tua is healthy. Um, you uh, you think Tua is healthy? Well, I, Tua is going to play. I mean, there's no way he doesn't. Okay, Okay. well – I don't – I think LSU could damn sure cover six and a half, though. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, my other one, I want to go back into the San Jose State. Well, you want to take San Jose State plus seven on the road at Hawaii? No, Why? no, that is not a game I want to bet. Why? Because I got lucky on them once. Man, I'm a big Cole McDonald fan. I don't even know who that it's a, is. White dude with dreads. He's their quarterback. <laughs> He's a gunslinger. I'm pretty sure his parents farm pot. <laughs> There's no way they don't. Not a single chance. Um. Okay. I'll let, let's do it then. Let's just do. Let's do LSU Alabama. Let's do it. All um, right. You're so I'll. This sucks. I'm gonna be rooting for myself to lose. I don't want Alabama to win. <laughs> USC at Arizona State, Arizona State minus one and a half. Oh, so it's basically a pick em. Basically a pick. USC at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't really like what either of these teams have been doing lately. Thought USC, U- USC put up a fight against Oregon for a for very a short period of period time. Of time. <laughs> and then. Yeah. I'll take the Sun Devils. Okay, I'll take the Trojans. Yeah. Do that. Let's do that. But we'll, you know what? And we'll just even scratch the one and a half. We'll just do straight up. All right. Winner, so, winner I, takes. I got, I got the line. fight in Herm Edwards. You got the money lines. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, Cole's locks. And I apologize. I have been so bad about posting these on Twitter. Um, but last week I went two and one. So I'm I'm continuing the the sixty point six six winning percentage. Um, that stuff to make money. Um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, it's nothing like Biff Hammer on Murph and Andy. Holy shit, dude is crushing it. Um, I took Nebraska, whoa, Nebraska at Purdue plus three and a half. That's a hitter, um, last week. And then I took K-State minus six at KU. That's a hitter. Utah at Washington. I took Washington plus the three and a half. Um, and that also looked really good for about the first half of the game. And then Utah absolutely started laying the smack down on them. So. I don't think, I didn't expect that kind of an ass kicking. I didn't either. And that's why I kind of took the three and a half, but here we are. Um, so that being said, I moved to 20 and 15 on the year. So um, five games over 500 and I'm going to try to go four and oh, I'm giving you four locks this week. Uh, we got Temple going to UCF or oh my gosh, USF. 
USF has oh, come. Oh, they're in, USF is in bad shape. USF is in shambles. They're a 500 team right now. I believe they're 4-4, four and four, which surprisingly enough, I mean, I don't think anyone would have expected that in the first place. Temple has been an upset artist like I don't think any of us were prepared to see. Uh, I believe they beat Memphis in Memphis to um, end their undefeated streak, if I'm not mistaken. Um they sort of put up a fight against SMU, but ultimately um, went down in that one as well. Um, but U, USF is not a formidable opponent. Temple's playing well enough. They're favored by one and a half. I'm locking up Temple in that one minus one and a half. I think that's a, I think that's an easy. You're pretty good at picking like these off the off the road like Conference USA American I, games. I've had to learn my lesson a little bit. Um, and I'll have to go back through my notes here, and, and maybe that's what I'll do. I'll see what my record is in each conference and see which record, uh, see which conference I'm the best. Because typically, I'd I'd be the way where I just want to pick games I'd be the most familiar with and teams I'm the most familiar with. And that's how you lose money, ladies and gents. You got to find value. Biff Hammer would tell you the same thing. He went three and zero for the second straight week, and I I parlayed his his three and zero week um, into a sixty dollar upswing and some profit on my uh, on my gambling. Um. Purdue at Northwestern. Um, I believe Purdue is, or excuse me, Northwestern is favored by three, which is an atrocity in itself probably, but I'm not even going to touch the point spread. What I'm looking at is the over underline. The over is set at 38. You're talking about Northwestern who struggles to even get the ball across midfield and Purdue who is now on their fourth string, fourth string walk-on quarterback. Hammer the under, under 38 points easily. That's a lock right there. K-State plus seven at Texas. You're getting a touchdown on the road with the 16th best team in the country. I'm not really even sure I need to dive into that one. That's that's easy right there. That's easy money. And then my last one, the one that you didn't want to bet on, San Jose State minus seven and a half <laughs> at Hawaii. Or excuse me, plus seven and a half at Hawaii. Hawaii's going to cover the seven and a half. They're favored. Um, they're at home. Their offense is awesome. Um San Jose State just came into a shootout and uh, lost on um, or by 10 points after giving up a lead. They're not going to be able to hang with this Hawaii crew after wasting all their energy on Boise State. Lock that one up. Hawaii minus 7.5. So those are my locks. 4-0 this week. Parlay those together. We're going to make some money, gents. Let's do it. We're going for it. And I'm going to come back next week. I'm going to figure out which conference I'm the best at betting at. I would have to think at this point in time I'm the best in the American Conference. That's what it kind of sounds like to me, to I'm kind of crushing the American Conference. But for me, that's such a have or have not. Like, there's five or six. Actually, why it's, it's, it's a why very it's entertaining football conference this year because there's five or six teams that really do some interesting stuff. Yeah, and so. I, I did bet. I bet UCF to absolutely obliterate Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati's a number 20 team. Maybe I was right after all, Dan. Um, UCF is not ranked. Yeah, so. it was. Um, I think I bet UCF to cover like a, a eighteen point spread or something like that against Cincinnati, and then Cincinnati ended up winning the game outright. Um, and I think that's another stat I saw that should have been part of Cole's. Did you know? I think in Thursday games where there's been a favorite of eighteen or more, each team has not only not covered the spread, but I think they've lost outright or some stupid really? stuff like that. Like it was a weird. It was a weird stat. I wish I would have written it down, but. Something crazy like that, but, you know, it's me just talking out my ass like normal. But um, other than that. Um, I've got one for you. Okay, let's hear it. Iowa and Iowa State are both going to win this weekend. I'm, no, I think we're both losing. 
No, I th- I think I no, I see it happen. What's the line in the Iowa, Iowa game seven? Uh, nine and a half. Oh, yep. Wisconsin Easy points. And then Iowa State is fourteen. Uh, thirteen and a half. Yeah. Points and I would take the points in both those. Well, okay, so you mean they're going to win? You mean no? They're but covering, I, do, I they're think they're covering the spread. No, I think they're covered. But actually, I think both teams are going to win this week too. Okay, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm glad you feel that way. I'm glad one of us is confident. I'm I'm just going to be a little bit more pessimistic right Weird now. Weird stuff happens. Yeah, you're right. It does. I mean, it's the same thing in 2017. That game in 2017 was actually the same day Christina and I went to go get our engagement pictures taken, and I'm pretty sure I've never smiled so hard for pictures in my entire life. Just a weird, weird football game. I remember the night, the night before that game, sitting there because that was when it broke that Jacob Park wasn't going to travel. Oh, Jacob Park! And we're thinking, well, it's going to be Nolan. And everyone says, well, it's going to be this Kyle Kemp kid. And I was like, you mean that noodle arm lanky sucker? Like, like I literally thought it was going to be like Baylor in 2015, bad. Like hang 70 on us. Did not turn out to be that way. But no, I I don't know. I got a weird feeling. Wait a I minute. Think There's a kid on the team. Who's a pirate? Yeah, his name's Jacob. Hey, look, it's Jake the Pirate. <laughs> he did look like a pirate. Oh, dude. Yeah. Anyway. No, I just, I don't know. I, I think K-State gave people the blueprint on, on what to do here. If they keep Purdy's, you know, head on a swivel, that'd be all right, I think. Run the ball. Run the ball. Brees Hall. Big game. I think you're right, but um, I think with that, um, we're gonna we're gonna sign off here. I don't have anything it's a else. Short to, episode tonight. Yeah, but then we didn't have as much game stuff to to dive into here. But we're gonna have a lot of that. We're so gonna have to start getting into some more pop culture topics here. When, when I, dude, we're still we've still been on for an hour. Oh shit! Yeah, so you, I I don't think you're aware of how much you talk. Yeah, that's very true. So um, again, with that, we'll uh, we'll sign off. Everybody, thanks for listening. Please uh, subscribe to us. Share us with your friends. Um, we're going to start. We're, I think we've talked about getting some t-shirts and, uh, koozies made. We're going to get that going here before too long. Um, we're going to get another microphone. We might be able to have some of our, uh, listeners on with us and maybe get some different perspective. Oh, that'd be fun. I think that'd be a good time. So, uh, once again, everybody share us with your friends. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the feedback. We really appreciate it. And, um, with that, you guys enjoy the rest of your week and go clone. See you later, Danny. Sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin.